Welcome to the Talking Devils podcast with me, Dave Murphy. And today, we're delighted to be joined by a new former United player, current Morecambe centre-back, Scott Wootens. Scott, how you doing today? Yeah, very good, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, looking forward to it. But yeah, I'm good. Obviously, uh, pleasing after a, a good win for the, for the first team at United. So yeah, um, all good. So a little bit of background about Scott for those who uh, for those who don't don't know him. Scott played uh, four times for Manchester United, twice in the Champions League, twice in the League Cup. One of those League Cup games was a infamous game against Chelsea. Um, we may not want to go into much into that, uh, yeah. but again, played four times for Manchester United. Delighted to have you on. Absolutely delighted. Myself and Wayne were talking about this during the week. We're very excited. I think we're at the same level of excitement as a former Portuguese player uh, that's just come back to the club. Um, uh, you played yesterday, Sheffield Wednesday for Morecambe. Good win, 1-0. Um, how did that go? Yeah, it was good. A uh, good victory for us. Puts us comfortably in the table. Uh, we rode all a bit similar to the game today, actually, for United. We rode all up a bit at times. They were probably the better team overall. But we got a goal from a set piece and, and hung on towards the end. So, you know, I, I think about coming the end of the season, you're not going to think back to how you played or what, how the game went. Ultimately, it was three points and uh, it was a good victory for us. Strong enough to go up this year? I think that would be very ambitious. But, you know, stranger things have happened. The Oval have been up into the Championship. Uh, Wickham, a couple of seasons ago, got promoted. They were the favourites to go yep. down. You know, so, you know, anything can happen in, uh, in football, as we know. Yeah, t- a tough league, tough league, uh, League One and the Championship as well. But so, best of luck. Um, I mean, the playoffs is there. That that's you know that's that's always a great option for clubs going up as well. So we'll keep an eye on you throughout the season, um, and we expect you to chip in with a few goals as well. So, um, for every goal you get, Wayne will uh will uh will I don't know he'll he'll um put a competition up for a book maybe. Oh, all right. <laughs> There's the pressure. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please be sure to click on the, uh, uh, the subscribe button. Uh, if you're listening on podcast, please give us a rating and review. And be sure to check out talkofthedevils.co.uk for articles and stats, including you know every reserve team appearance Scott made for the club and first team appearances. And Wayne's match day column from today's game is also up there. Uh, very insightful. Uh, uh, Twitter feed that you put up there yesterday about Ronaldo Wayne, which got massive, massive uh, response back. So um, let's jump right into it. Manchester United won Wolves nil. Uh, wasn't a classic. At times, you know, it was it was looked like you know we we just we had no game plan. We really didn't. Uh, Fred will be singled out, I think, as as a problem. We all know that. Uh, David Ahea with with. I don't even know how he got to that second save. It was absolutely, it was a David Ahear of old. Um, Scott, I'm going to start with you. Uh, how did you How did you see the game? You know, lucky to get away with three points, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, nowhere near the levels that we know that the, that they can play at. Um, just looked quite lacklustre, I felt. Uh, the build-up play was really slow. Very similar to last week, I think, at Southampton. Some similarities in the two performances away from home. Um yeah, like I say, it just looked slow. There wasn't real pace and tempo with the passing and the movement. And um, I thought Wolves were a much better side. And like you say, we were very, very lucky to, to come away with three points. But ultimately, come the end of the season, you know, like I just said about Morecambe, you're not going to look back and think, oh, we didn't play very well at Wolves. 
football, as, even as fans, you're not going to remember the wall. All you know is that it's three points, clean sheet, and something to build on moving forward. I mean, we, we it's at times like this we throw out the old cliches of, you know, that's champions win games like that. Um, you know, winning when you're playing bad is a good thing. But I think we've been down this road too many times before where we've seen performances like that. I mean, you only have to look back seven days against Southampton to see that we had a very similar performance. Um, we all knew that we needed a centre-back. We got a world-class one. We all knew that we needed a right-winger. We got a world-class one. We all know that we need a defensive midfielder. I don't believe we're going to get one of them by Tuesday. But then right out of the blue, Cristiano Ronaldo comes to Manchester United. And it, it, it excites everyone and makes everyone happy. That said, bringing back Cristiano is, is an absolutely fantastic thing for us. I think it's going to lift the club. We still need a defensive midfielder. Would you agree on that? Or do you think Scott McTonamy can, can become that player to grow into you know, the player that we need in that position? Um, I'm not quite sure. I think he's, he's not a young player anymore, McTominay, is he? I mean, he, if the more experience he gets, obviously the, the more adaptable he, he'll be coming to, to play in, in that team and at that level. I mean, he, he's played a lot of games now for the club and in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I do think that is the one area of the pitch that's lacking uh, at the minute. Um, I mean, the Fred McTominay, Mattis, the good players, but I am always looking at United thinking of Carrick, Hargreaves, Keane, Scott. You're trying to, it's hard not to compare them to the players of the past that were winning the league and getting to Champions League finals, etc. Um, and I, I don't personally don't feel that they're at that same standard or that level. I mean, don't get me wrong, the good players really good players and um, they'll play probably 20 25 games a season for man united and playing the cups and stuff like that but to you know you're comparing you're trying to compete with city chelsea liverpool i feel like they have they're better equipped in them areas with with a better defensive midfielder and, and you know we we always have this conversation myself and wayne and, and i talk with other united supporters about it uh, paul pogba doesn't seem to play well when uh you know, supposedly defensive midfielder is not playing well. When Pogba moves into the centre, he seems to be very lacklustre like he was today. I mean, he he's deemed a world-class player. Should he be able to adapt? I mean, we have a player that when he goes to France, he's a completely different player. What do we need to do to get the best out of Paul Pogba on a consistent basis? It's very difficult. I think he was unbelievable for Juventus because he had... Andre Pirlo sat behind him and uh, Marquisio, so he, he had the sort of the reins were off him. Um, France, he plays with N'Golo Kante, who is yeah. an absolutely incredible player, who, who does all the, the nitty-gritty work, so to speak, that, again, gives him the licence to go. And I think one of the issues with Pogba is, because he was the world record transfer fee and had been at United before, people automatically look at him to be the complete player. It just doesn't always work like that. He... His game is what it is. It's off the cuff. He does look a bit lacklustre at times, but that's just his character and his personality. That's how he that's how he plays the game. That's how he's played the same way for France and Juventus. That's you know I don't think you're ever going to change that. Um, and going back to how saying how to get the best out of him, I do think a top top player beside him that gives him the freedom and the reins to drift around the pitch. You know some of his passes today were outstanding. I thought one touch in behind. You know that that's him. Sometimes you you know people will look at his body language and things like that. But you know it's it's very difficult to to get these things out of players. 
I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a really good assessment of that. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, the fee seems to dictate people's thoughts on, on certain players. They, they can't control it. I mean, how, uh, you know, Harry Maguire was 80 million. And, and, and what I mean by that is we got Harry Maguire coming at 80 million. Varane came in at, you know, in the mid-30s. And then we've got Ronaldo at 18 million. It, it, it's just an absolutely crazy, you know, transfer uh, business that, that all clubs do. You know, the problem is that if you want a certain player, you have to pay the price that the club wants. I remember, you know, Fergie came under a lot of stick for paying 18 million for Michael Carrick. But that was the value that Tottenham had put on him and Manchester United wanted him. And even, you know, a couple of seasons in, 18 million was a snip. You know, I know we look at transfer fees nowadays and it, it's just, you know, Michael Carrick was 18 million and became one of our, you know, best players um, and left the club, you know, as a player with his head held high and, and had a phenomenal career. And now he's a coach. It is a great point about Pogba is that, you know, we naturally think that just because he, he cost 80 odd million that he should come as a complete package. That said, I personally believe he could offer more at times. I think his body language at times is very lackluster. Um, and I do think that he, he he needs to shine a bit more. And it brings me on to my next question there, which I'm going to start up with you, Wayne. I mean, now that we've got Cristiano Ronaldo coming back, is this going to help Pogba in any way to lift this game? I mean, where do we see Pogba fitting into this, you know, this Manchester United side in regard to how he's going to move himself forward now with Ronaldo and the team? Yeah, I think that's a um, a difficult question. On, on the face of it, they're two separate things, aren't they, really? Because they're two separate players. But the issue that you've got is that Pogba has been playing his best football on the left. And United now have all these players that can play on the left and play their best football on the left. So um, it's a difficult one. Obviously, Ronaldo's going to play up front. We know that he's going to be the number nine. He's not going to be play coming in from the wings like he used to do. Um, and no, should he? You know, that's that's what we've got. Um, and we've got one of the world's best at doing that. So you so use what you can around him. Um, Pogba playing like he did today. I think Scott was right. Like the, the when you look at the actual game, as poor as we were, all of the creativity came from Paul in the middle. So what you need is that right partner for him. Um, and it is a difficult one because they have to complement the skills. I mean, Scott, you would have played behind Paul, right? You know, in the reserves. So what kind of, are you talking like a Kante? I mean, they're, they're talking like, you know, he's Suma, even Neves, although I don't know if he'll be very happy to join us after what happened today. But I think Fred, Fred's not a complimentary midfielder for him. No. The, the, the thing that I, I, that I do think is with the signing of Ronaldo, and you've both talked about Michael Carrick, I can remember the 2006 preseason when we signed Carrick, and everyone was like, oh, he's a, a good player, but he, he's not a Roy Keane replacement. And also, he's not going to bridge the gap from what we had to going to Chelsea, but he did. He like, changed the entire dynamic of the side. You just don't know how it's going to work. Now, I'm not saying... Ronaldo fix what happens in midfield, but I do think that there are other things to think about. For example, that Pogba one that you both sort of talked about there, Pogba is going to have to move. He's going to have to go in the middle. You can't not play him because he's been United's most influential and creative player. I think it's fair to say he's probably outshine um, Fernandez in the early games of the season, even taking into account that Fernandez scored a hat-trick in the first game. Pogba was better in that game. So... Yeah. It's a, it's a tough thing, and it really, for me, boils down to 
who you partner in with. I think Scott's right in what he says about McTominay. Is is he at that age where he's you can't teach that old dog new tricks? You know, because I, I think that he's probably got the skill set, the better skill set out of the players that we've got to sort of say, if you just hold yourself a little bit more disciplined. But then you're losing a lot of Scott's, um, you know, his ambitiousness. He does sort of tigerishly go into tackles and he does break forward and he can score good goals as well. It's it's a tricky one. And I'm like you, Dave. I don't know if that means that the well is dry. Do we not sign anyone? And it's going to have to mean that the the solution comes from within. You know, we are going to have to find that solution from within. Does it come from McTominay? Um, I think he's got the better skill set for it than Fred and the better legs for it than Matic. But he doesn't have the snappiness of Fred and he doesn't have the experience of Matic. Do you know what I mean? So there are a couple of things that if you could give those things to McTominay, he's obviously the perfect partner for him. But I, I do think in this situation, you've got to play Pogba. He's probably going to play in the middle. Um I'm sure Scott will remember as well. There was a game when we played against Spurs, and the one where we were two 0 down at half time, and Fergie just threw Berbatov, Tevez, Ronaldo, and Rooney all on. He said, "I'll oh, go on and just go and play," and we didn't. We scored five goals. Sometimes I think that the combination of players that we've got is like that, and I don't know how it's going to work. Today it didn't. We were very lucky to get away with it because that midfield just didn't work. It was like um, I don't know how that midfield, uh, the defense and attack were just not held together by anything. It was a, an abyss in there. Um, we were very lucky, obviously. Um, Varane setting up Greenwood relay. It was a moment of brilliance from Greenwood. Um, but yeah, I know I'm talking about the game there and you asked about Pogba. Uh, for me, he plays in the middle. You've got to find a partner for him and it's probably going to have to come from within. And the best man for the job at the moment is McTominay. Um, I, I just don't understand why he didn't play Van der Beek, but then he sees him every day. He sees him every day. He knows what but he can But the, the, the counter that argument, he obviously sees Fred every day. So, you know, for me, it's kind of like... I, I mean, we, we could talk about this all day about Fred. He, you know, you are right. In, in the bigger games, he, he seems to be... He seems to play a lot better against the likes of Liverpool, City, people like that. But in games like today, where it's scrappy and it's, it's disjointed... I, I, I think he just, at times, he looks clueless. Um, dude, I, I want to switch gears now over to Scott to ask him. Um, the question about David De Gea and Dean Henderson has been going on since last season. Um, we have two number ones, let's be honest. We have two players that are capable of being our number one. For me, David De Gea is probably the best shot stopper on the planet at the moment. Um, but I do believe that Dean Henderson commands his box a hell of a lot better than David De Gea. Scott, as a, as a as a defender, um, and it's, it's it's kind of a double question: do we do we stick with De Gea, um, or do we go with Dean Henderson? And the second question is going to be: who would you prefer to uh, have behind you in those situations? You prefer to have someone that's a good shot stopper, or you prefer someone, in my opinion, like Dean Henderson, that commands his 18-yard box, constantly talking to his defenders. Um, but it's still very young in his professional career. So, sorry for the double question. No, no, yeah, it's fine. I think De Gea has had a great start to the season. Um, I think he was incredible for a four- or five-year period um, where he was winning, you know, play of the year every year, it seemed, at the club. There's no doubt he had a dip, I think, after the tournament with Spain. I think he made a big mistake for Spain, and then there was no doubt that affected his confidence and his, 
just his presence on the pitch. He just didn't look the same. You know, I'm sure he would he would admit that. Um, and I think, unfortunately for Dean Henderson, he picked up an injury in pre-season, didn't he? And he, yeah. he made the manager, he made Ollie's decision easy because he, well, he didn't have a decision. Obviously, the Haya played because Henderson was injured. And I think he's been great the first three games. Um, so I just at the minutes, I don't see any way um, of Henderson being the number one because if you, if, well, if he did put him in to be the number one goalkeeper, that would be a massive call, and it'd be the end of the Haya for sure because I think he's done really well. Uh, so to drop him now. Um, I just don't see how he, how he would do it because I think he was brilliant today and I think he's had a really good start to the season and you know there's no reason why he can't recapture his form of a few years ago you know players go through dips his confidence will be sky high at the minute yeah uh, if he can if he can get back to his best then I think it will be an easy decision for Ali and then obviously that's not what Dean Henderson would want he'll want to go and play I'm sure he seems like um, I know a few lads who have played with him and uh, say he's really confidence about himself, really sure of himself, believes that he should be the number one goalkeeper at Man United. Uh, so it's a, a decision I don't think many people would envy Ollie of, uh, of having to make. Uh, but I think for now, obviously the injury's gone massively against Henderson uh, and he's obviously given De Gea the, the, the chance to, to go and, and take the share back and, and keep it as his number one and, and play. And I think he's he's more than um, more than done well enough in the first few games to have that number one shirt and make Henderson really, really push him and fight for it. Uh, to the second question, I always, it's funny, isn't it, when you say keep his shot stoppers and people go, oh, he should be a good stopper. But there is obviously a difference in goalkeepers. Yeah. Some are better shot stoppers, some are better, like you say, commanding the area, some better at coming for crosses. I think as a centre-back, coming for crosses is, is a big one. Um, and really, you know, there's nothing worse as a defender and the ball's coming over your head and, and you you're not sure you don't hear anything from your keeper and there's that there's slight bit of indecision there's nothing better especially late on in games or corners and balls of the game bombarded into your box and you just hear big loud bold shout of keepers and the keeper just comes and plucks the ball out there it's the best such a good feeling as a defender um so yeah if you could it's, it's like going back to the midfield there talk isn't it? if you could pick all the different because every yep. player has pros and cons so it'd be lovely if you could pluck little bits of each people's game and, and put it together. Um, you know, that, these are the difficulties that, you know, managers have and, um, you know, this is why they get paid all that money to make these big decisions. And like you say, they, they see these people every day in, in training and, and they, they go off their decisions. And um, But I think, you know, I think it's a, it's a nice problem for them to have with the goalkeepers for sure. We just had a we just had a comment in by uh, Jason Prime saying Varane dealt with almost everything today. What a debut! Um, you as a centre back, how did you how did you see his debut today? I mean, for me, it looked like it was the complete debut. We looked a little bit more assured at the back. Um, how you know how did you how did you see his uh, his debut for Manchester United today? Yeah, I thought he done really well. I thought it was a really positive debut. Uh, never easy coming from different country different complete especially as a centre-back I think obviously the Premier League known for being a lot more physical yeah. uh, I think it'll be a real awakening to him as well because Wolves had some really good counter-attacks early on in the game uh, and he'd, be, he'd probably think bloody hell what's, you know he might not, might not have got that in Spain and the pace the, the speed of the attacks is, is probably different to over here so you know he might take some time to, to really gel and get used to it but I thought for the debut I thought it was, it was spot on he had a couple of good big headers towards the end of the game as well um, and I, I think he's, I think he's a fantastic centre. I think him and Van Dijk are out on their own, in my opinion, as, as centre backs in, in world football. 
think he just ticks every box the two of them six foot four six foot five quick strong good on the ball brave makes good decisions i think he's superb i've been a huge admirer of his for, for many many years because i think man united tried to sign him before he went to real madrid yeah and um I think, I think I'm sure I read or heard that the French connection with Zinedine Zidane pushed that over the line for Madrid. But you know, it makes you think what, what a player he would have been for, for all these years um, for United. But it's, it's great that you know he's only 28, so he's still got many years left. Um, World Cup winner, you know, I think he, he ticks every box as a central defender for sure. I mean, you, you you hit the nail on the head there with with one thing, and that's it, it was it was his decision making. You know, he he didn't lunge in. He there was there was a couple of attacks by Wolves where, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to Lindelof, but he he would have made I think he would have made that lunge pretty early on, um, and more than likely, you know, that's a 50-50 at that point then, because if he goes past you, you're done. You're on the ground. You really can't get get back. But the one thing I liked about Varane was he wasn't making those lunges he was making. He was pushing players out. He was making that last-minute decision what to do, or last-second decision. Um, and there was a couple of crosses as well where he just waited and waited and waited and blocked it. He could go out for corners. But in the past, we've seen... We've seen, you know, we've seen some of our defenders not being, you know, very, very smart in those positions. So I think it's going to be a massive lift for us. Um, I think it's going to be a massive lift in that back four um, as as a unit. Um, so ju- jumping on to um, jumping on to our transfer business, you know, we, we brought in Sancho, we brought in um, Veron, and we we brought in, you know, Ronaldo. Uh, it looks like that will probably be it for Manchester United. Um, Scott, I'm going to ask you. You're rating out a ten uh, for our transfer business so far. We only have two or two days left. I'm, I'm, if we're going to bring anyone in now, I don't think it's going to be anyone of, of you know the caliber that we want for defensive infielder. But how would you how would you see our, our transfer business this summer? Uh, I think it's probably been the best window for the club since Ferguson left. I think. Like you say, they they filled the positions that were crying out to be filled. Sancho. Uh, to be fair, I do think the club need credit for, for how they, they've gone about it because they've come under a lot of stick um, in the post Ferguson era about recruitment because you know the recruitment's not being good enough. Um, clubs have, have overtook, overtaken United and um, it's, it's been nowhere near good enough with some of the signings. But obviously they were heavily linked last summer. They waited, obviously played the game really well and got him for a lot cheaper this year. Uh, Varane again, Varane at what was it, 40, 35, 40 million. It's an absolute steal in my opinion. Yeah. Ronaldo, I mean, you don't need to even speak about what a sign and what that is. Um, so, yeah, I think it's the best window. We were crying out for a, a faster centre-back. We've got that. We've got, I mean, Sancho's numbers, stats-wise, in the last few years in Dortmund have been incredible. You know, hopefully, if he can if he can get anywhere near that, he'll be an unbelievable signing for £70 million. Again, I think that's a good price for his aid. You know, I always remember Ferguson saying as well, when he, when you're paying £30 million for Rooney and... and Ferdinand at that time. That's like say hundred million now. You could you had them players for ten years plus. Yeah. If Sancho can stay at United for the rest of his career, it's, it's an absolute steal of a price. Um and if he can chip in with the goals and assists he was he was doing over in Germany, he'll be an unbelievable signing, I believe. Obviously Ronaldo he's gonna bring goals. I think you said earlier on Wayne, he's not gonna be the same player. That's that's just obvious for the last I don't know, maybe going back Four, five, six years when he was playing for Real Madrid and Juventus, he, he completely changed. Um, you know, he's not going to be many tricks, step overs. He's not going to be that flying winger, uh, cutting inside, shooting. He's going to be 
getting involved in the build-up play a little bit, but his, his sole focus will just be ruthless on goals. And again, there's been games where in the past couple of seasons at United where they've dominated the game and everyone's saying, oh, we just need that clinical striker. Well, yeah. there's no one, his goal record is just it's the best ever, isn't it? Uh, there's always obviously debate about Messi and Ronaldo and who's the better player, but Ronaldo's goal to game record is just scary good. I mean, the interesting point is Lukaku has obviously made a great start. I'm pretty sure as Ronaldo got, he scored more goals than him been in the last two seasons in Serie A. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, I'm sure he'll be an absolutely incredible signing. And you can't even imagine the impact that would have on the dressing room. When you're at a club and, and you make a signing and everyone knows oh, he's meant to be a good player and he comes in, it just gives everything. The training standard goes up. The professionalism will go up. People will be want to, you know, imagine Mason Greenwood now. He must be absolutely, he's going to be training with this guy every day. The things he's going to teach him, a bit of advice about his goal scoring. It's just going to be, it'll be such a huge lift. You can't even um, imagine being in that dressing room now, how excited the players will be and how, They'll be so excited for them to, to get back on Old Trafford and, and be in, in training every single day with them. It would be incredible. Roy Keane said today, um, and we all know how uh, how uh, often Roy hands out compliments to players. Um, Roy Keane today said said a few quotes, uh, and and they were like phenomenal. Uh, the guy is a freak. Um, he's you know a fitness fanatic. And the one thing that struck me the most was he said he's the most intelligent player that he's ever played with. Um, and and to couple that with what you just said of, of a player like him coming into the dressing room, we've seen how the United players have reacted all week. They're, they're like school kids. They're like the fans. They're giddy. They're, I've never seen anything like this. I really haven't. Um, I mean, the last time we've seen the fans being, you know, disunited and this giggly was when, you know, when Ferguson convinced Cantona had to come back and, you know, he came back and we were, you know, the euphoria in Old Trafford was unbelievable. This is, to me, this is bigger and maybe because it's social media involved and, and you know, it just seems like everyone is, I've got, I've got many Liverpool fans as friends and many Chelsea fans as friends and they're not happy. They're absolutely not happy. They made different excuses when we bought Sancho and Varane of, oh, well, you know, you take a step back when you go back from Real Madrid and, well, is Sancho really that good? Um, but here they are talking about a 36-year-old and I, I can't really, you know, I can't really read out the tweets that I got because, it, you know, we're on live air. So, you know, they're not happy um, at all. And it's an absolutely phenomenal signing. Your paths crossed over during your career at, at Old Trafford um, for one season. Uh, any Any insight into into, as Roy would call him, a phenomenal? Yeah, the only thing, like I say, I was very young and as a first-year scholar, wouldn't really, I think we might have trained with a first-team once as a group, so I, I never really got to see him close up. The only thing, what we used to do though, we would obviously be in before the first-team and reserves and we'd, we'd have jobs and stuff and we'd, we'd have everything, we'd train earlier. So quite often when we would finish training, we'd just walk by the first-team pitch and, and watch, the, watch the training and then as soon as it finished, we'd go in and, and, and whatnot. And I just remember one thing, he had these like ankle weights and he was just really slowly jogging, doing like stepovers and stuff with the ball. And I just, it's the only thing that sticks out in me in my mind that I can remember. And obviously it was to sort of like an extra training that was making him do stepovers quicker or something. But I, I just remember, it's just what sticks out in my head. I remember him just dribbling with the ball, really slowly jogging, but his stepovers were really quick. It was only, I remember someone saying, oh, he, he put weights around his ankles to do stepovers. I think it was one of the guys that 
Jim, one of the fitness coaches, says that's what he does. But yeah, I mean, incredible, incredible professional. You could see that from afar. Um, like I say, there wasn't loads of interaction with the first team, but we, we were there with them every day. You know, you'd, you'd have lunch together and stuff, and just this was the time he was absolutely unbelievable for Man United. I mean, some of the goals and some of his performances were just off the scale. And I think before he obviously got that move. Um, so yeah, I think I just think it's it's an unbelievable sign. Like I say, can't can't think I agree with you, Dave. And I can understand why people might say, "Oh, Rodan, he's he's had his best years. He's won everything. He's lost his hunger." Possibly Sancho is different, but. You know, you you guaranteed goals for for what fifteen something yeah. as he as he scored less than twenty five goals in fifteen years. I, I don't know the exact stats. Like it's just incredible, incredible numbers. Just so hungry for goals, and you know, goals are the most important thing in football. How many games is he going to score and make the difference in for United? With that said, with, with you know, we spoke about our transfers, and um, we got you know. Arguably three world class players in. And um, Wayne, I'm gonna to jump to you and put you on the spot. Can we win the title or can you know because there's there's a difference between being able to win the title and being you know being in contention. Um are we are we still in that stage where we're where we can challenge, but we may not have everything we need to win the league because you know Chelsea are very strong, City are very strong, Liverpool are very strong. Um, you know, I know Leicester have had a mixed bag start of the season, but I can see them, you know, they still have a very good foundation of a team. They're going to be in their spores. You know, the quote Fergie, our lads, it's only spores. I'm not too sure about them. I mean, the Harry Kane thing is still going to hang over that club for a while. Uh, are we are we seriously in this title hunt or are we just part of a group, you know, that, that nestles in behind the likes of City and Chelsea? Good question. I think the, what we've talked about today is what the deficiency is in the team. You know, the midfield deficiency. So that's there. And let's presume that that stays there. Let's flip the conversation and say that in the big games last season, Ollie was good to get results. We've seen that he's a good manager at, at sort of engineering results in big games. What we were missing in the littler games, with all respect to, to those, was those players to break it down and sometimes they control the games. So you've got two aspects there. You've nailed one aspect because you've got Ronaldo and I'm sure Sancho will pick up and get into gear and perhaps he'll be elevated by Ronaldo coming, you would presume so. In the deficiencies that we've got in the side, you would think we don't have a title winning side in us. But there's just something in me that I, I'm going to look at this and think, it's going to be different what we're bringing into side, so we're not quite sure how it's going to happen. We're not going to show how it's. We're not sure how it's going to be settling with Ronaldo coming into the side. Everything about that forward six players is a dynamic that we we're not aware of, and that's what gets me a little bit more excited about it because I think we already had the basis of players to win those bigger games last season or at least get good results from them. Now. The other games, Ronaldo should have a field day in him because, um, it's like Scott was saying earlier, the, the numbers are ridiculous. He's even if he's not at his peak, he's still at a peak, like you said yesterday, Dave, on the, the show that we did with Gordon. That is his peak is still much higher than anyone else, um, or maybe two or three players, if you want to get into that argument. Um, I, I still have him as the best, um. If he's not as good as what he was, he's still better than everyone. 
Um, so he's got to make a positive difference. Of course, he's got to make a, co- a positive difference. How that? I mean, you saw today even with Cavani coming on, um, it wasn't like a massive difference, but just even if it's a different intelligence of runs, you know, even yeah. a better intelligence, just a different intelligence, a different way of playing. And you know, Ronaldo is um, he's just a goal machine. He knows how to find space. Um, the the best thing is, I mean, Scott's right. There was a lot of difference with Ronaldo in that two-year period, right, where he was changing the way that he played. And Renny Mullenstein told me a story. They think he told everyone really about it. The period where Ronaldo was out for a couple of games and they spent some time training together. And he said, don't keep trying to score the perfect goal. Just score every goal. And Ronaldo changed and he became a monster. Like he was scoring like two. Like if you got into Old Trafford late, United were 2-0 up and Ronaldo scored them both and you, you were waiting to match of the day to see what he'd done. And it was usually something brilliant. But he changed, he changed. And that didn't mean that he couldn't do the things that he did before because he was he was still the best player in the league doing what he did. He just went, no, do you know what, sod it. I've had it with you guys. I'm just going to do what I can do. I'm going to run through you like a freight train. And he did. And he's been doing it for 15 years. So I don't have any doubt that he can do that sort of stuff. But he just changed into this mentality monster. And like Scott was saying, you can see with Mason Greenwood that he's a player that picks things up. You can see with the way that he finishes that he watched Solskjaer finish. So yeah. imagine being around Ronaldo every day. He's going to he's gonna elevate a lot of different things. So a long answer, Dave. You know that I always give him. I'm never going to give a short one. But I, I think that we can. I honestly think that we can because that's what the excitement level I've got from. That's what happens when you buy one yeah. of the best that's ever lived you've got to think like that and ollie's got to think like that ollie doesn't in and he will know this because he's a ruthless guy himself as regardless of what people say oh he's not ruthless he is ruthless i think scott said it on on stell's show when he was on recently he's a ruthless guy behind the scenes he makes decisions so he will know what signing ronaldo means for his own position it means he has to deliver i'm not saying definitely win the title you can't guarantee winning the title every season we didn't with Ronaldo in the side. We just did it more often than not. Now, now it, the expectation is that we're going to deliver. Without that holding midfielder, it doesn't really matter. Um, I'd like to see one, but we're going to see something different. You know, we're not going to see what we saw last season. It's going to be different because we've got different players. We've got Cavani, who's going to be there all the time, most of the time. You would presume you've got Sancho, who's fixing an area. And you've got Ronaldo, the um, one of the greatest players that's ever lived. He's going to change everything with the way that we attack, um, and that could compensate for all manner. Of, like I was saying earlier about with Carrick, everyone was saying that's not going to win as a title, and it did. So we don't know. We don't know. And I'm, you know what? I'm all in on Solskjaer. You know that I am. And the last couple of years, the the four years before that were the worst football that we've ever seen. And Solskjaer's brought United back. He's brought the identity back. And the ride has been a lot better. And what a ride we've got for us in the next 12 months. Today, well, you know, it's almost you could say typical United. I'm not I'm not there. I'm not convinced, like you you guys have said it perfectly in this in the first 10 minutes of this, that um it wasn't old United to to win a game like we did. You know, yeah, scoring a late goal was, but not in the fashion we did it. So that is a concern. You can't sustain performances like that and challenge for a league title but it's going to be different with Ronaldo and I don't know how I believe that we can do it and that's that is literally down to the Ronaldo effect 
Um, so we'll see. I'm just I'm I'm buzzing for it, and you know it's going to be fun talking about it with you guys. Scott, um, title contenders or chase and pack? I completely agree with the, exactly what Wayne just said. If you'd have asked this a week ago, I would have said chase and pack. I just didn't. I think Sancho and Varane improved them immensely, but. And the only reason I say that is I think the levels of the other teams are so high. Look at City's squad, Liverpool's squad, Chelsea's squad. You know, Chelsea have got an incredible squad, really. Yeah. But this, I just think, you know, you look at the impact, like you said, Cavani had, look at the impact Bruno had on the team when he came. Um, and I think them, the impact them three players, especially especially Ronaldo, like I say, he can make the difference. Goal scorer is the hardest it's the most important thing in football. It's got, it sounds stupid and simple, but it is. And he's he's the best at it. Um, you know, and I just think now I think you have to say they'll be right up there. A week ago, I would have said, I think it's between the Chelsea, City and Liverpool. But I think United now are, can can definitely win the league with Ronaldo. If, if Ronaldo plays, what, 35 games, 30 games, you know, Varane stays fit. If, United's one to eleven, I think, is is right up there. I don't think yeah. they've got as squad as the other three I've just mentioned. Um, but I think their one to eleven is real top top. Obviously, with the lacking that one real defensive minded midfielder. Um, and also, I was gonna I was gonna put in before, but I didn't want to on the midfield situation. What Ollie does as well, if you noticed, I think today. People are obviously so cut about it. it wasn't a great performance and Wolves were counter-attacking loads and because the midfield was empty because that's what obviously you get when Pogba plays in there because he drifts and he's not disciplined and that won't change. But what he does in the big games, he always he goes with two out of three of Matic, McTominay and Fred, doesn't he? And he plays Pogba on the left. If he, if he, yeah. I think he's left them out of one of the big games once, maybe a City game. City it was, yeah. Yeah, so I think Pogba can play a midfield against... At home, especially at home and against the so lesser teams again without being disrespectful but like you say all he knows is stuff he's ruthless if he thinks if he has to drop Pogba for a big game and play two of the three more disciplined and go a little bit more cautious he's done that um, so he won't be afraid of sorry I've gone off topic there but yeah I think now with the Ronaldo signing no doubt they can they can win the league absolutely no doubt we got a, we got a um Another question in by uh, from Kevin. Um, now with Ronaldo, and this this has kind of been the buzz over the past couple of days. Now that Ronaldo has come to Manchester United, Scott, do you think Pogba signs a new deal? Um, I mean, it's obviously it would be how he sees the club, but I think this transfer window has done him absolutely no harm of thinking that Man United are really going places. Um, like and, and sorry, the reason the reason I say that is sorry is because his agent every time he talks, his agent kind of hints towards, well, Manchester United are not ambitious enough. You know, we had this situation with Rooney many years ago um, where yeah, he yeah. said the club wasn't ambitious enough and, you know, he ended up staying and we, we you know, we went out that someone and bought a lot of players. Is You know, this is really Colin Pogba out now, isn't it? Saying, hey, according to your agent, which is probably what you're thinking, the club hasn't been ambitious enough. Now they've brought in two world-class players and probably the best player, you know, in the world. Um, so sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but that's the reason why I, I think we're asking the question: Is that yeah, does that change his opinion? I think it has to. Yeah, I don't think you can get any more ambitious. He's, Varane is probably the one centre back who's been there, done it, won everything, ticks all the boxes, like I spoke about before, as a, as a profile of a central defender. They've gone out and they've got him. 
Sancho's numbers are also off the scale in terms of assists and goals. They've gone out and got him. He's young. He's English. That's what Man United have always done. They've always gone and got big English young players. And, and Ronaldo obviously speaks for itself. So I don't, I don't think you can get any more ambitious from yeah. the company. They've identified the spots and they've gone for for the best players in that area. Um, so to answer your question, uh, Dave, yeah, I, I don't see why. There's, there's not, that's not an excuse for him anymore. Then is it? Mm. You can't. You can't come out and say I've been up here. You can't get any more ambitious than signing Cristiano Ronaldo. Just can't. So um, yeah, there's only really two players really. It's either Ronaldo or Messi. They're, you know, you can't. Yeah. Your ambition can't go any higher than those two. Hundred percent. So um, yeah, no, you, you can't. That that excuse has completely gone off the table now from from his agent. Um, one of the things that Wayne had mentioned earlier on, um, and and it's something that that I've also felt as well, is that you know he said that you know between Mourinho and Louis Van Hall, we you know the football was absolutely atrocious. We know Mourinho came in and blew the place up. He he poured gasoline on everything, to use an American term. I'm sorry. Um, the poor pet, he poured petrol on everything and just blew it all up and walked away. Um, since then, I've certainly felt over the past couple of years, uh, you know, I'm starting to see, you know, Manchester United of all come back. Um, Ollie has done, you know, a hell of a lot with the U team. He's done a hell of a lot internally in the club. He's gotten rid of the players that didn't really want to be there, you know, and, and uh, were, you know, making it very vocal that they didn't want to be there. So that falls into the rootlessness that people don't seem to think all he is. At the end of the day, Alex Ferguson never, ever, very rarely in his, in his, in his whole management career, talk badly about players in front of the camera. Social media seems to think that when Fred's having a bad game, the best way to resolve it is the manager to come out and slay them on social media. You as a you as a current professional player, Scott, I'm sure that doesn't... If your manager comes out and goes, oh my God, he was terrible, he was horrible today, that's not going to help you at all. He, I'm sure he, Ollie is in the dressing room saying, come on, you know, we got to raise the game, we got to raise the level. But always go in front of the camera and back your player. I'm 100% behind that. Um, so it's a long question, a long way to get around to the question. But do you think do you think Ollie gets the credit that that he truly deserves for, for having us? Jason has asked this question as well. You know, does he get the credit he deserves from uh, from everyone? And social media is a big book and a mess. You, you get one half that will say no, one half say yeah. What as a as a you know current professional, you know who's played for the club, who's been at the club, who's played under Ollie? Do you think he gets the praise he deserves? No, I don't. I don't think he gets anywhere near enough. Um, seeing Jason just said there, the club is in a real mess, and it probably was really in terms of recruitment, style of play. It comes so far off track what United sort of stood for him with Alex Ferguson, and like I think you said, that it's getting back that way. The playing better football, the recruitment is. I, I always used to think, how many players would have signed under Ferguson that signed Moyes? Um, Van Gaal, Mourinho, and there's, there's not many really. I don't think. I think it was Fellaini wouldn't have. He wouldn't have signed Fellaini, Alex Ferguson. He wouldn't have signed Mata. I don't think they needed Mata. Um, Van Gaal, he, he wouldn't. I think he probably might have signed Di Maria. I think he just if he'd have had the shackles off him. I know he didn't do great for United, but I think again that that coincided with the, the style of play that Van Gaal had put under. Yeah. Very strict and very um, limited to what he what he could do. I think in a, in, a, in this team now, I think he'd be superb. Someone like Di Maria. Um, I think the only reason I think he needs to win something to really get credit. That's the thing I think. If he won, in, if he wins the FA Cup this year, or the, if he wins the League Cup, the first cup isn't it, in February time, it'd be like a big burden off his back, and he's finally won that first yep. trophy and all that. I, I think that's what he what it would take before he gets real credit. But 
mean, the club, the direction the club was going in before he took over. And, you know, we're talking about some of them, especially Van Gaal Mourinho, two of the most successful managers out there. You know, sure they're not bad managers in terms of the record and the clubs they've managed and the jobs they've done at other clubs. But obviously it just didn't work. You know, I think United's a unique club. It's, it's You can't just go and it's got certain things that it stands for in terms of the style of play, the recruitment, all the things that keep popping up. And I think Ollie, I think he's fixed it yet. He hasn't won anything yet. Um, but again, in all that time, while United didn't know where what path they were on, City were going like that. Liverpool had four years of building on the clock, so it, it was. It's going to take time. It's not just a case of, oh, we've signed two players, or Ollie's been there two years now. He should be winning the league. It's, these things take, you know, like I say, it's a clock four years. Liverpool were in a mess before he went. Um, Chelsea have now we had, had spent fortunes and got a really good squad. So it's just, it's not that easy to say, Ollie. Look, he has to win something now. He's coming up to four years, I think, is he? But it takes time and he's finally got them you can see where they're, they're trying to go they're signing younger players they're developing the players they're bringing players through greenwood and um, i know Mourinho brought or played rashford but and McTominay, but you know, there wasn't many others he's given more debuts to the youngsters he, he knows what the club he'd be constantly to be a link throughout the whole club because he knows what it stands for obviously through his time with alex ferguson and then um, yeah, I think he's done it. He definitely go back to the question. That he de- I don't think he does get enough credit. I think he's done a fantastic job. And I think it'd be, he needs to run something now to, to buy him more time. I know he's just signed a new contract, but to get everything off his back and, you know, the social media stuff, that's, I think that's just part and parcel. Right? I think he does a good yeah. job in media. I mean, it must be a little bit more difficult for him, but, you know, El Pundit after games and fans are saying, oh, like you say, you're, you're spot on. He can't come out and pull Wales against Fred, say, for example. He's not going to come out and kick him even lower. He's going to block his players. And as a player, that's what you want to see from your manager. You know, social media is can be a tough place at times um, for all players. Like you say, one, one week you're the best player in the world, the next player, the next week you're not good enough, you should go. And that's just the nature of social media and um, that can happen. But your manager's the one person. Listen, you might say something completely different in the dressing room, you say, but what? Usually, what goes on in the dressing room stays in the dressing room. Um, coming out in interviews and stuff, you want to be backed by your manager and you want to stand up for you. And I think he does that very well. It's because he, he has, does get some difficult questions at times. So, Lars asked a question which has been floating around on on social media now for for a couple of weeks now uh, since we signed Varan. Um, I'm going to ask the question, but you know, you're you're a, you're a centre back. Um, they're asking, you know, is could we turn Lindelof into a central midfielder, you know, with that defensive mind, uh, or is it, you know, is it is it much is it a much bigger deal than people, you know, think that to go from being a you know centre back to centre midfield at that moment in his career, if he's 12, 13, 14 years of age, we, you know, a lot of world class players um, that are playing today, you know, a large portion of them didn't start their career in the position that they're in. You know, we read about that all the time. You know, they were a defender, they were a midfielder, all of a sudden they were a striker, or they were a striker, they were put back as a defender, and it just worked. Uh, Lindelof, to me, uh, you know, I'd need to take more medication to, to curb my anxiety, I think. Um, I'd have to go and, you know, it's watching him in central midfield every week. But, I mean, I may be unfair. Is, is it an easy transition to go from centre-back to centre-midfield? And and you think Lindelof is is one of those players? Yeah, I mean, it'd be down to obviously the coaches and what they see in training and working with him. And but I, I agree. I think if you 
even as late as early 20s, maybe as a, as a late teenager, 18, 19, you could possibly learn. But I think in your mid, where he is in his career, I think it'd be very difficult. I'm just try, I was trying to think of other examples, of trying to think of players who have completely changed position. Um, I can't, I couldn't think of many really off the top of my head. Um, so it would be, it would be very difficult, no, for sure. It's, it's completely different uh, going from centre back. The whole game's in front of you uh, with the ball. You know, you only have to really, you know, your surroundings. You're comfortable. You've got your your full back one side. Your other centre back the other. Um, like I say, the whole game where you see it is is in front to go midfield. I mean, I, I played it a handful of times as a sitting midfielder, and it's completely different. It's you've, you've got to have eyes in the back of your head. You've got to be constantly looking over your shoulders. The game. Feels a lot faster in there. Uh, you've got to, have, you know. He, to be fair, he is a good. I do think he's a, he's good on the ball in the loft. So he, I think he could handle the ball. He'd be decent enough on the ball. But again, you've got to have you've got to have different range of passing. You've got to see the game differently. You've got to be cleverer. Um, so it's certainly not easy. But I, I'm not sure I see that one really. I think it'd take a while. Final question: um, Markham get drawn against Manchester United in one of the cups, either this season or next season. How are you handling Ronaldo? Uh, piece of cake. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just impossible, isn't it? I mean, as any, I don't think there's anyone who's ever the only player I remember doing well against them, and possibly because it was Ashley Cole when he was a winger. I remember yeah. Ashley for England doing really well against them in, in, a, in a tournament when he played for Portugal and when he was at Chelsea and Arsenal. Done well against him, but it's just the type of play you might probably think, Oh, he's not really doing much and keeping him quiet. And then it's got two goals like that two chances, two goals. So he doesn't even, so he doesn't even need a, a proper chance sometimes, he just makes it himself, doesn't he? He's just, he's yeah. just what, what he does. And I mean, you know, like I think you, you were saying earlier, David, to the fans, if you worried, imagine how some of the defenders are thinking coming up against him, but again. There'll be games where he probably won't do an awful. I've watched them for Real Madrid and Juventus uh, quite a bit the last few years in Champions League and stuff. And sometimes he is quite quiet. He might not touch the ball for a few minutes, but he's such a predator and he's, he's so focused on on goals and making the difference and making the impact in the game. That won't bother him. You see some players come and drop deep to, if you like, to get involved in the game possibly and maybe to get involved. He just doesn't see. He's just so ruthless and wants to score goals and wants to win. And, you know, like I say, as a defender, you, you might think, oh, I'm doing, and that happens all the time, you think you come up against a player who you think is a good player and you think, I'm doing well here, I'm keeping him quiet. And all of a sudden, one chance, goal, and he's, the name's all over the papers and they're getting all the headlines. And again, as a defender, you could play really, really well. And the striker, you make might make one little lapse of concentration, one mistake, and it's the striker scores. And you've had a really bad game, and the striker's had a really good game when the truth is for 85 85 minutes, it could, might not be that. And he, he's not bothered about that one, but he is just ruthless. Well, in my opinion, I think he needs to be more concerned about you than you need to be about him if you come up against each other. So, <laughs> um, Scott, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I really do. I think, uh, I think this is going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be some, we're going to have some fun throughout the season. We're going to cry a lot. We're going to laugh a lot. Um, but it's great to have you on, Wayne. As always, it's 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 great to have you on. Uh, anything anything in the pipeline at the moment, bookwise? You wanna you wanna let us know? About? <laughs> but, um, obviously, with the Ronaldo thing, everyone's been bombing me for it. Yeah, everyone like just constantly, constantly. When's the book coming? When's the book coming? When's the book coming? 
He's like, he signed within 12 minutes. My agent's calling me, you know, we need to talk as when the bank holiday's over. I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm working as it is. We're working now. We're doing stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, obviously, obviously I'd love to do that. Um, I'm working on loads of stuff, you know, working with Sammy McElroy at the moment. Um, that, that's a lot of fun. Hopefully we'll get him on a, a show or two over the season. Um, actually just enjoying the rest from writing to talk to you guys it's really good and i agree you know agree with you Debo. um but i don't fancy cristiano's ronaldo uh, cristiano's chances are coming up against scott so i hope we avoid morecambe um <laughs> for, for that reason um yeah so it's just some great points there um that um you guys have made it's just um great to have scott on and, and great to talk about um Especially Ronaldo, because he knew him, you know, he's, he's observed him and everything like that. So it's, um, yeah, great stuff. So unfortunately, you know, we have the international break, which always seems to happen with Manchester United when we got some, when we get something good going for us, like a good win or a signing, all of a sudden, boom, international break. So we're going to have to wait, you know, two weeks. Um, but you know, what an atmosphere it's going to be uh, uh, on September 11 against Newcastle. Um, and you know, the, uh, before we finish, when I think about that, I got one final question for you two guys, and we can make it quick, Scott. Yeah. We, we've seen the Chelsea manager. He he bought Lukaku, put him straight in. Boom. He, he plays football for a living. We paid $100 million, In you go. Which I think is great. Uh, all I seem to, you know, with, with Varane and Sancho, for different reasons, he, you know, he betted them in. And we can kind of see from Sancho today that he might need a little bit more, uh, you know, interaction on the training pitch to, to, to fully get, you know, how we play. The best player in the world. Do we throw him straight in? Oh yeah, no doubt, absolutely no doubt. Um, you know, be, no, he doesn't need any bedding in. He's why? Why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? I, I just don't see. He's played. I'm not sure he's played, but he'd be fully fit. Is he, he played a couple of games for Juventus? I know he made a clean. I think he's playing during the week as well. For he's actually playing against Ireland in international. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll play for Portugal. He'll be match fit. He's obviously an incredible athlete. Anyway, he won't need to to gain minutes. He, he doesn't sprint round like he used to anyway so that won't be an issue I, I don't see how he doesn't play Wayne do we throw him straight in I mean I think I know your answer I mean you, you I woke up to I, I don't know 400 messages from you on Friday morning because I'm eight hours behind and um, I know how excited you were to see Ronaldo do we just throw him straight in I, I personally think so but Ollie has in the past when we've had new signings he's deaded them in and other managers do the same thing we're talking about something different here though right yeah I, I mean he might do he might sort of Give him the chance to sort of come on and get that stand innovation, but he'll get it from the start. Um, yeah, put him straight in, improve your chances of winning the game from the kickoff. Um, I a, a different way to answer this, obviously, because um, because he knows United anyway, he knows the Premier League, yeah. so he's knowing what to expect. And also remember, we had a little experiment with Ibrahimovic a couple of years ago. And he was at a similar stage in his career, and he tore up the Premier League. Yeah. And Ronaldo's better than him, so don't worry. And, he, and Ronaldo will have better service than him, so put him straight in. Um, you've got to because that's a massive occasion. It's like um, the Rooney debut. You know, as soon as you knew Rooney was fit and he was going to play, Fergie yeah. had no. You've got the kind of like adrenaline of the occasion. You know, he said this is not just um, with all due respect to. Um, Ferran and Sancho were amazing signings, um, two of the best signings that we've made for a long time, as Scott said. Ronaldo's a, it's a global event. 
so you start him, you start him. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right, beautiful, beautiful. I'm in agreement with you both. I think we should just throw him straight in. He's it's not as if he doesn't know what he's doing, you know. Um, again, I want to thank everyone for for uh chipping in. I would, you know, we we had a couple of questions, which was great. Scott, again, appreciate you coming on. I know you're a busy guy. Um, Wayne, as always, thank you very much for, for joining us. Um, again, if you're watching on YouTube, please be sure to like and subscribe. We really would appreciate that. And if you're listening on the podcast, please give us a rating and review. Um, and also be sure to check out talkofthedevils.co.uk. And if you haven't already, and I have, click on Morecambe as your second favorite team on any of the sports app you use to get all the updates and the latest. Um, so. I'm sure Scott will um, throughout the season give us, you know, more up updates on how how Markham might do him. I really wish you guys the best of luck. I'd love to see you in the championship, and then who knows from there, you know. Um, we, we've seen teams go from, you know, the old fourth division all the way up to the first division. Well, you know, we'll call it the second division all the way up to the Premiership. It, it happens. Um, so the best of luck to you um, for the rest of the season. And Wayne, as always, um, thank you for coming on, and and I appreciate everyone's time. <laughs>